Welcome to Factor Magri, and Happy New Year to everyone. I hope people have had an opportunity to spend time with family and friends. Working with the Royal Support Trust, and as you know, each week I talk with farmers and industry professionals to hear their stories and expert opinions on various related matters that are relevant to both our farming and our urban communities. The year started with a hiss and a roar last week with a strong GDT dairy auction result, but it's a more subdued start to the year for beef and lamb prices. In New Zealand dollar terms, beef prices are down 16% on a year ago, whilst lamb prices are down around 18%. Lamb prices in particular aren't too far above the lows we saw in the COVID-19 aftermath. Beef and lamb prices have been hit particularly hard by the pandemic, given many cuts of meat, particularly lamb, that is consumed in restaurants, hitting demand hard. Whilst the global vaccine rollout has begun, restrictions stifling the food service sector remain in place in many parts of the world. Most notably, parts of the UK have headed into a third national lockdown last week. This week, I talked with Neil Baitup, who is a farmer and chair of the National Council of Rural Support Trusts. This council represents all the rural support trusts across New Zealand. Let's check in with Neil now. Hello Neil, thank you for your time today. Yeah, morning Angus. Yeah, no problem at all. How was Christmas and New Year? Did you manage to get some family time and R&R in? Yeah, we certainly did. Um, yeah, I had about a fortnight over at Cook's Beach uh, with, with, with children and, and grandchildren. Uh, it was pretty busy, um, but it was it was really really good time. So uh, we, I don't think we did too much damage to the the snapper quota and crayfish quota, but we got a few. So uh, that, that was brilliant. Fantastic. Please can you tell me about your farm, where you are located, and what you farm? Yeah. Okay. We've got a dairy farm um, about thirty minutes north of Hamilton, and on some rolling clay um, country. Uh, we've got two hundred and forty hectares, milking about six hundred and seventy cows. Um, juicy cows. I've uh, sold the herd this year to a 50-50 share milker, Hayden, and um, he's doing a, a very good job. And uh, so, yeah, we run a fairly low cost, uh, fairly low cost system. Um, actually, milk once a day, all year round, and um, it's uh, yeah, we're going well this year. It's, it's looking really good. How's summer tracking, and in particular? water levels on your property yeah because we're on rolling um clay country water levels actually don't mean an awful lot it's it's actually water that comes down um in rainfall uh, so yeah if, if it rains we've got a fortnight's growth ahead of us uh if it doesn't rain it starts to dry up quite quickly so we don't rely on water tables and that sort of thing um this year is actually is actually gone very well uh the spring um the spring was brilliant. We got a heap of silage, uh, probably got three times uh, the normal amount of silage that we make, and that was just surplus grass um, that the cows couldn't eat. And uh, the, the farm's still still looking quite green, actually. The cows are still getting a lot of grass to eat, um, just topped up by a little bit of silage, but uh, it's um, probably probably just starting to get a little bit drier at the moment but you know hey we are going into summer uh summer in our country always does get dry so uh but it's one of the one of the better ones at this point in time well that's good to hear 
I understand you're also involved with the Rural Support Trust. Can you tell me about the trust and your involvement? Yeah, okay. Rural Support Trust, there are 14 trusts around the country. Um, so all of the country is covered by trusts. Um, I chair the Waikato uh, Trust, uh, which is probably the largest one uh, by number of, of um, farmers. Um, but I also chair the National Council, which um, has been set up to be a representative body of the of the trusts and and yeah, negotiate and, and promote the trusts um, around the country. The trusts actually provide um, support for farmers, um, farm workers, growers, whoever, um, who who are under pressure. And uh, we have an 0800 line, 0800 787 254. And that, if anybody rings that, there's somebody on the end who will be able to walk alongside them and help them with the issues that they have. So it's 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 really about farmers supporting farmers. Mm. Uh, I've been involved since about two thousand and four. So uh, it's when we set the Waikato one up, and it's um, yeah, it, it's it's doing doing a great job. Sort of probably w- working a bit, um, you know, below the the um, the public sort of domain. Uh, but we're just working quietly away, helping lots of people. We also help help people through in times of um, drought, adverse event, um, floods, whatever. Um, and so we're there working alongside other agencies, you know, Dairy NZ, Beef and Lamb, um, Civil Defence, MPI, and uh, and in other industry players, just to keep an eye on what's happening in those situations and provide support where we can. And just on drought. How are the regions currently placed? Are there concerns about moisture levels currently? Um, I've just had a look at the Niwa drought index, uh, which I keep a bit of an eye on. Uh, Northland is actually looking uh, reasonably dry, uh, particularly the very far north is is getting quite dry. Um, And it's probably sneaking down into the South Auckland, Coromandel area at the moment. Um, So, yeah, it's dry, but not seriously dry. Uh, but further south, the country seems to be looking quite good. Uh, Hawke's Bay, that was very badly affected last year, um, is certainly is certainly looking looking fine. And uh, the majority of the South Island is uh, is looking really really good. So uh, I don't think there's too many issues at this point in time. It is early in the summer, but um, it's certainly. This time last year, it was a it was a heap drier. It was um, really, really, really dry. That's quite encouraging to hear. What support is in place currently, and what mechanisms do you have to help farmers in regions that may be steering down the barrel of drought? Yeah, it, it's really about um, it, it's really about looking at um, at what the situation is, monitoring the situation, and as I said before, working with those other industry bodies and, and civil defence, MPI, regional councils, um, and and just keeping an eye on what is happening. Uh, we do have our 0800 number available all of the time to, um, you know, the, the, so if farmers are getting concerned, stretched, um, concerned about feed levels. And so we can, you know, provide that one-on-one support. We also um, 
during those times run run events for farmers um, to get off farm. One of the most important things is to is to is to socialise, to connect, uh, to get off farm. Uh, you'll often hear about drought shouts, uh, getting people together, uh, but also using those events to probably um, share information. So we talk about tech transfer, um, talking about how to handle. Um, situations and farmers learning from farmers uh, some of us are a bit older and we've been around for a long time mm. and dealt with droughts for a long time mm. and uh, if, if we can if we can chat with some of the younger farmers and, and perhaps you know give them some pointers as to you know how to, how to address the issues that they that they're facing um, that's certainly um, yeah that's certainly good um, mm. in, in, in situations you know Hawks Bay was was terrible last year um, and uh, there was a lot of donated feed came from different places, and uh, you know the, the organisations down there with fed, fed farmers, rural support trusts, and and all, and and all of the others um, sort of managed that donated feed um, and gave that to people. So you know farmers do support farmers, mm. um, and uh, it's uh, yeah it, it's ha- it's happening to see uh, when it's a countrywide thing it's a problem, um, but if it's if it's a region, it's probably easier to support farmers. One of the issues that actually happened last year, Angus, was, was um, you know, Haraki Plains uh, got particularly dry, uh, but because of COVID, nobody was travelling um, and nobody was going through the area. The other Darien said people weren't going out on farm and mm. um, that sort of thing. So I, I think it almost slipped under the radar until... Um, you know, until lockdown sort of finished and people suddenly could um, start travelling again. And, uh, it, yeah, it was... So we, we quickly put some um, some events in there and, and got people together and um, and, and helped to share some knowledge. And, uh, and that, I think that just helped. Mm. How are farmers feeling out there currently, Neil? And what are the recurring themes that farmers express concern about? Yeah, I think they're generally positive. I think they've they, they've come through the COVID thing. I think there's quite a bit of nervousness still around what COVID um, may throw at us. Um, you know, obviously another lockdown or two in, in New Zealand wouldn't do us any good at all. Um, but actually, looking overseas at the moment, we see the you know England and and, and Europe and the States some some pretty terrible um, sort of scenarios happening over there. So just what that will do uh, for trade, um, for you know, supply chains uh, and that sort of thing going forward. So I, I think there's some there's some nervousness out there at the moment. Um, certainly the dairy price is very good. Um, meat, you know, beef prices have come back a bit from the phenomenal highs of last year and mm. lamb prices have um, have eased a bit as well but I think there's some there's some nervousness certainly out there as, as to as to what's coming um, there's also yeah farmers farmers rely on uh, rely on the weather and rely on market world market prices and lots of things it's a lot of things that are not in their control so they're always just having to uh, monitor what's what's going on mm. um, some some of the other issues that, that farmers face are yeah are um, you know, farm um, staff issues or, or shortages at times, and um, you know, there's, there's a number of things that sort of 
yeah, and obviously regulations and that sort of thing. But we'll we'll talk about some of those. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, do you think farmers are being dealt a rough hand by Wellington? Yeah, I, th- I think they are. Um, I, th- I think you know farmers. Um, yeah. Being, being told what to do when it's when it's not necessarily practical. Uh, I think farmers like to work with people rather than um, yeah be told what to do. Farmers are individuals; they're, they're um, independent. Uh, it's one of the reasons they go farming. They like to be able to uh, yeah li- live and die by the decisions that they make. Um, and having those things thrown at them is quite difficult. Um, it's um, science and technology do provide a lot of answers. Farmers are actually really, really, really good at innovating. I, I sort of think back to when I was a young farmer, or when, or yeah, when my father was farming, and when, when I was very, very young, and you know, we didn't even have hay balers in those days. Um, hay was stacked uh, loose, um, used horses, and yeah, I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> used horses to, um, yeah, to, to sweep the hay into a stack, and and and, and pitchforks to build stacks of hay, and those sort of things. So, Things have gone an awful long way um, since then, um, and, and things will keep moving. Farmers will work with science and with yeah, with technology, and and will keep developing. But um, yeah, when when Wellington puts in regulations around dates to um, sow um, crops by or um, and, and various other things, it's um, yeah, sometimes that's just not possible. Mm. Um, and, and farmers don't leave land idle and not growing anything just for the hell of it. Um, mm. They they will plant crops as quickly as they possibly can. Um, but some of those um, things yeah, are, not, are not so good. Um, mm. Yeah, just going back to some of the things that farmers do express concern around. And yeah, I, there's, there's, there's stress issues that, that they have to deal with. And, and when some of these things are thrown at them, they actually get stressed. Um, some suffer from anxiety. They, they're concerned about what the future might be. Um, there's, fi- there's financial issues. There's, um, yeah, they, they can have burnout, uh, staff, st- shortage of staff and that sort of thing. The job still has to get done. Um, there's relationship issues can come as a result of that. There's financial issues come as a result of that. and. Um, yeah, so we, we, we actually see an awful lot of different um, scenarios. We see a lot of people um, contact us for a whole number of different reasons. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great that we're there to do that. But uh, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot for farmers to deal with. Mm. What about the rural-urban divide, Neil? Are we making any progress there, do you think? Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we are. Um, yeah. Things like Country Calendar do a great job, um, yep. and and um, yeah, I, I think probably with COVID, um, farming was one of the essential industries, and uh, and yeah, we farmers were able to keep continuing um, to work. They were able to provide vegetables for the for the table. Were able to um, yeah keep keep an income coming into the country, and I, and I think. There's actually probably more of an appreciation now of, of what a what important part um, farming plays in the in the rural sector. It's um, so I think that that's helping. Uh, yeah, when I, when I was young, there's probably sixty eight and probably eighty percent of 
of urban people had a, a rural relative. Uh, they'd pop out to visit people on farms, so kids would stay on farms and school holidays and that sort of thing. It's probably reversed completely around now. There's probably about eighty percent who don't have any contact with, um, you know, with people on the land. So that's, um, you know, that's that's sort of does make it hard. Um, but but I think if if our story can be told um, and 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 I think the news media has a role to play in that. Um, mm. it, it's if they can tell, help tell the story of what is actually happening on farm, and rather than the negatives, um, which news media <coughs> tend to, to, to thrive on, uh, if they could tell some of the positives, some of the some of the stories about what some farmers are doing and some families are doing, um, you know, around the environment, around yeah, around staff management around you know, animal management uh, and some of the technology and innovation that they're using on farms um, I think yeah that would that would also help help mm. a lot so you do think our urban friends have seen just how important farming is to New Zealand's economy this year both socially and economically yeah I, I think I think there is a bigger bigger realization out there I think some of the urban rural divide, is actually driven by the driven by the media. If I actually go and talk to people in town, I don't think there's there's an animosity towards me. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it's 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 probably uh, more perceived in the um, in through the news media. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of friends in town, um, and they're uh, I, I don't think they see me um, as badly as what I'm portrayed in the in the news media, and uh, so. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think they had, they do appreciate us more now than they did probably. Um, and I, yeah, I'd hope that that will keep improving. Yeah. Having, having having days where fa- where people can go out on farms, Fonterra's run run uh, open days, and um, I think Federated Farmers has run open days. <clears throat> and so um, it's uh, and, and intending to again, and and just those opportunities to. Um, to, to share and, and, and talk are really important. Talking around a barbecue, on it, yeah, it, it, it is great. And um, yeah, it's uh, indeed. And just for our rural friends and listeners out there, uh, Neil, what message have you got for them if they are needing help in some way or another? Look, it's always okay to ask for help, and there are places to get help. Um, yeah, rural support trust is is one of those but there are other yeah even reaching out to friends um and and, and family there's there's medical professions there's um yeah there's lots of people out there who, who are willing to help but it's yeah and it is okay if things are going tough just to ask somebody for help the problem shared is a problem halved uh, often if people ring our 800 number it's it's um just just talking through what the issues are actually goes a long way towards helping them um, to, you know, to deal with those issues. And uh, and there are people, you know, good people out there who are willing to just walk alongside, point people in the right direction, put them in contact with, you know, professionals if needed who can uh, who can help them. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it is okay to ask for help. And please, if things are getting tough, do put your hand up and ask for help. Thank you very much for your time today yeah that's great angus um thanks for that and thanks for the opportunity 
Thank you to Neil Baitup for joining me on the show. The Rural Support Trust is a fantastic organisation doing a superb job supporting farmers and growers facing challenges, whether they be climatic, financial or personal. I would encourage any farmer or grower needing support to pick up the phone and call the Rural Support Trust 0800 787 254 for a confidential chat about you, your business, the weather, your finances or perhaps it's a neighbour, partner or friend. I hope this year we'll see policymakers see sense in their decision making. A good start would be to put some gumboots on and get out on the farm and talk to farmers about workable solutions to big issues. It is important to remember change can't simply happen overnight behind the farm gate. What can happen however is allowing the farming community, New Zealand's backbone, to be part of the solution and we need to stop undermining the very industry keeping us all afloat. I will continue this year to keep the discussion open, farmer, science and technology led as in my view it is these three components that will ultimately keep the industry on a sustainability path. Thank you for listening and catch you next time on Factor Macri.